So the timing for the show could not be better as the basketball world has been flipped on its fucking head by the Celtics to getting roasted by three guys who probably have trouble deciding what to have for dinner. Danny Ainge has stepped down. Brad Stevens has stepped up. We have yet another example in the NBA of guys getting jobs that they aren't really qualified for. It's not to say that Stevens won't do a good job. I think he probably will, but it remains to be seen. I will have more of that uh, to talk about. Uh, More about Kyrie pissing off the entire six-state New England region. But I also have the real-life AP Dave joining the show for the first time for a wide-ranging discussion and an actual in-person movie trailer review segment. All of it on a fucking subpar microphone because my old laptop shit the bed. The hard drive fried. Just all of a sudden, one day, decided, man, you know what? I've had enough. I had a good run for about four or five years. Bought it used, like 200 bucks. It was great, but it, you know, it died. So now, my old mic will not work with the new laptop. This mic that I didn't like, uh, that makes me sound like I'm talking through a fucking paper cup, uh, does work. So that's what we have until I figure something else out. Um, as you'll you'll hear in the interview that I have with Dave, I don't really give a fuck about spending money on this thing. I probably should. I should probably care more about the podcast since I put so much time into it. It's not that I don't care. That I look. That's not what I mean. I I don't mean that I don't care. That's not it. Obviously, I keep. Fu- I've been doing it for over a fucking year. I must care about it on on some level. But yeah, here we go. Uh, this is episode number 76, the Steve Mongo McMichael episode. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to go there, but uh, holy shit, what a life this guy has had. Uh, he somehow managed to letter in six sports in high school. Six. Where do you find the time? Uh, and then wanted to play baseball professionally. Apparently he was a, a catcher. In his senior year, he hit 450, according to his Wikipedia and some additional uh, backup research that I did. Uh, but the man was so large that uh, it didn't work out. But he was good enough. Uh, he was a good enough football player in high school that he was offered a scholarship by 75 schools. 75. That's fucking bananas. Uh, went to Texas. All-American in Texas. He's a college football Hall of Famer. And he was actually a third-round pick of your New England Patriots in 1980. But being the uh, typical dumb Patriots of the 80s, uh, they cut him after his rookie season. The Bears picked him up, and the guy was with him for 12 years. Four-time All-Pro. Guy was a good football player. A legitimately good football player was a member of that uh, 85 Bears team that trounced the Patriots. And uh, some of the comments and and the quotes from McMichael talking about the Patriots are pretty funny. So um, After that, though, then he became a pro wrestler, a legit professional wrestler. He was a bit of a stiff in the ring, but uh, he was still massive, and he was very good on the mic. Very good. WCW legend. Uh, member of the Reformed Four Horsemen at one time. 
a former U.S. champ. So he had a good run. When he retired, apparently after he was, uh, in, in 2001, he was actually kicked out of a Cubs game for telling, uh, for announcing prior to singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game that uh, the umpire, Angel Hernandez, sucked, which is still relevant 20 years later. He does suck, but that's fucking legendary. He ran for mayor for his, uh, the town where he lives, south of Chicago, but he lost. Uh, sadly, though, the, the guy has been now diagnosed with ALS and is in some rough shape, as you'd imagine. But uh, hell of a life, right? Wow. So, yeah, Steve Mongo McMichael. It's a little something you didn't expect today. Um, that's all right here, right now, on Complaints and Observations. Still the most less than average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Okay, so uh, right off the top, obviously, uh, the the big news in, in the... In the Boston area today is obviously with the Celtics. Uh, Danny Ainge's decision to uh, step down or retire or have a health problem or something. Uh, the press conference did leave a little bit uh, to be desired. And then there's been reports that apparently this has been in the works since uh, the end of March. So, you know, interesting, interesting move. And I think... Not a terrible thing for the Celtics to be to be to be honest, and I think part of the reason is because it's you know Ainge has been in charge for twenty years, and I think you could kind of feel that something was being lost in the way that he built this particular team. Now, the last four or five years where they made it to the conference finals a couple times, and you know it was more. A reflection of the way Stevens coached up the talent that he had more so than the talent that he was given. At least that's what I think. Uh, because especially those Isaiah Thomas teams, I mean, nobody in their right mind thought that those teams would be any good. And they end up being okay. So my biggest thing here is not so much that Angel stepped aside, it's that Stevens was elevated into. Uh, a non-coaching role, which, look, what's easier for anybody with a job in the NBA? Coaching or front office? It's the front office every single time. Coaches will tell you that. If they don't, they're lying to you. Because it's far less stress. You know, you don't have to, you know, be in the in the public eye all the time. You don't have to be on TV all the time. You know, there are some media responsibilities for uh, for the GMs and for the heads of these organizations, but not nearly as much as coaching. Not to mention, you don't have to deal with the personalities on a day-to-day -day basis. 
couple times a week. You know, if there's a long road trip, you don't have to you don't have to go. Um, plus, I would I would imagine that there's a bit more stability there. Maybe not a ton more, but a little bit more. I could be wrong, but that's that's my feeling. So, I think it, it you know from a Steven standpoint, you know some of the things I kept seeing today was that he's owed so much money uh, that you know they don't want to pay him to not work. Well, all right, I mean that. That makes some sense, but I don't think it makes as much sense as everyone seems to think because obviously ownership and upper management love Brad Stevens. Good coach, knows the game, very level-headed, very media savvy. Uh, so, I mean, I, it it fits. Do I think they're going to... Like, find a Stevens clone to be the new coach? No, I think they're going to go... I think Brad Stevens is going to be smart enough to bring in somebody who is completely different uh, than he is now. Um, I think Danny Ainge is smart enough to know that, that this was the end. This was time. He's been here 20 years or so. And, you know, it, it was time to go. Uh, he did well. Let's not, like, you want a title. Granted, it was just one. Should have been two. Should have been two. But he won a title. A handful of uh, conference finals. So, I mean, look. Was it the 80 Celtics? No. And and I think that's part of the problem is that you have to sort of, you, you can't look at that. You can't compare what Ainge did as an executive to what he did uh, with the teams that he played for, because it's not the same. It's not, it's not the same game. Completely two different fucking games. So look, you know, smart enough to walk away. Uh, the the owners are smart enough to know that um, Stevens is is a good enough basketball mind that you don't want to scrub the whole thing clean because then you're left with, you know, the players. Uh, not knowing what's going on, not knowing who's going to be in charge, not knowing who's going to be the coach, et cetera, et cetera. At least you know something. At least there's some stability there. Not that it... Look, they're professional athletes. It doesn't really matter that much. It matters a little bit, but not that much. But it all hinges on who they bring in as a coach. So far, the names that I've seen, not uh, exciting. One, Jason Kidd. No fucking way. No thank you. No how. No. Absolutely fucking no. Uh, ruined two teams. Got a fucking rap sheet. Uh, it, I don't know. He just kind of strikes me as a dick. It could be dead wrong, but strikes me as a dick. Uh, the other was uh, the guy who got fired from Atlanta. No thanks. I mean, you saw what the Hawks did after he got fired. They were a good team, and he couldn't do anything with them. So not thrilled with those two names right off the top. There are a handful of people that I've seen uh, that, you know, would be fine. Uh, Sam Cassell uh, has been brought up. I have no problem with Sam Cassell. I think that would be a, a somewhat intriguing choice. The other was that... that uh, uh, my friend Matt has a source, Tips McGee, who um, apparently fixes cars or 
I don't know what the fuck Tips McGee does for to get, <laughs> to make a living, but he does something that's BMW related. And Tips uh, brought up uh, Micah Shrewsbury, who would be a solid choice, but Micah Shrewsbury just got a job with Penn State. It would be a bad look if he just bails on Penn State now after he's been recruiting and he's going to leave. Yeah, that, that, kind of, that would be kind of shitty. So I don't really see that happening. Uh, Becky Hammond, one, you know, if Greg Popovich has Becky Hammond as an assistant, Becky Hammond is not a moron. Two, uh, people in this town would fucking, their heads would spin if there was a woman head coach of the Boston Celtics. However, it kind of fits the way that the, the franchise has been uh, assembled and built for the last 70 years. Bill Russell was the first black head coach in the NBA. I think it would be a, a, a bit apropos if the Celtics named the first female head coach in the NBA. Now, am I saying that I want Becky Hammond to be the head coach of the Celtics? I don't fucking know. I don't know Becky Hammond that well, but you can guarantee that she's going to get an interview. And it would not shock me one bit. It would not shock me if Sam Cassell got the job. Uh, I would be shocked if Jason Kidd got it. I would be shocked if that dude from the Hawks, whose name I cannot remember, got the job. But, you know, there's a there's a bunch of assistants out there. Uh, Jerome Allen is another one. Apparently, he's very close with Jason Tatum. So it would be very interesting to see him. Um. A lot of people have been saying KG. KG's not dumb enough to be a fucking coach. He knows better. KG wants to be an owner. Smart. So <clears throat> that's the big thing. Ainge walking away is fine. You know, thank you. I appreciate it. Loved you as a player. Loved you as the, the GM, as much as you can love a GM. Uh, but it was time. It was just time to go, and the separation is fine. And so you have some cohesion there between uh, what you had and what you have coming Brad Stevens is that bridge, and you know he's obviously his his very first move is going to define his tenure as the president, GM, director of basketball ops, whatever the fuck his title is. You can't fuck that up. Jason Kidd will fuck that up, so don't make it Jason Kidd. The other thing is the waxing that they took by um, the Nets entirely expected part of the reason is it was jason kidd and uh you know 14 bodies not jason kidd fuck david jason tatum and 14 bodies versus you know the best assembled talent in the nba <clears throat> but the Kyrie thing the Kyrie thing is interesting here's Here's what I think about Kyrie, okay? I don't think he's a moron, but I don't really think he's as intelligent as he wants everyone to think he is. Like, he was very smart and calculated to drop the racism uh, note in his press conference prior to coming to Boston. Because that's where the focus was going to be. It wasn't going to be on what Kyrie did and what Kyrie said while he was here. It was going to be on... Racism in the city. Now, he's not wrong. 
He's not wrong at all. Kyrie, uh, Boston is a, it's a racist city. That's a fact. But the way that he did it is shitty. Um, and then what he did when he was here was just fucking petty. Like the stepping on, on the logo. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Again, another thing, a calculated move so that, you know, people are, are going to just keep talking about this relationship and this shit as opposed to him being a fucking idiot. The best part about it was that Jalen Brown gave a, con a press conference and basically fucking exposed Kyrie for the moron that he is without explicitly saying you're a moron. By saying, look, the history of the city is one thing, but to wrap a fucking playoff basketball game into it is is stupid. And so I heard a very interesting phone call. And look, I don't listen to as much sports radio anymore, but it was the 20-minute snippet. And somebody called in and said that part of the reason why Kyrie hates this town and why he didn't want to stay is because... Uh, Jalen Brown essentially cucked him by making him feel inferior. Jalen Brown is a smart kid. And Jalen Brown isn't, you know, he's he's just... I don't want to say he's more cultured, because I don't really I don't really think it's... I just think he's a smart guy. And, and Kyrie really isn't. So the comparison that he's used is that Jalen Brown went to Berkeley... Granted, he was only there for a year, but he still went to Berkeley. Now, Kyrie went to Duke, but Kyrie was there to play basketball, and that was it. Jalen Brown had his choice. He could have gone to Duke. Uh, he could have gone to Kentucky. He chose to go to Berkeley. The inferiority complex that Kyrie has, I think, is a big, a, a big problem and a big point of contention. For him versus the Celtics. I really do. So I think that's part of the reason. But, you know, Kyrie thinking he's a fucking, like, the smartest guy in the room is such a tired act. It's so stupid. Look, you don't need to bring up the fact that the city's racist. Most of us already know that. And the ones that are going to deny it are probably racist. So, you know, it's a it's a tough look for the city, no doubt. No doubt. And he knows that, which is why he said it. But it's stupid. Like, most rational people hate Kyrie Irving because he quit on the fucking basketball team in the playoffs after he said he wanted to stay. It's just those two things. And because you open your mouth and you sound like a fucking moron. Like, don't come out and say, oh, you know, if you'll have me back, I, I want to come back. Like, shut up. Shut up. And then you saw that Jason Tatum was way better than you. At 21 years old. It's just, you know, there's a lot to it. You know, and that you can't really unpack it in fucking 10 minutes. Or 15 minutes, however long it's been. It's tough to unpack. But he's petty. He's childish. And there's no need for it. Like He's a phenomenal basketball player. Phenomenal. 
speak your mind, but, you know, be educated. Not educated. That's the wrong word, David. Be, be smarter about it. That's all. Pick your spots. You can say one thing uh, when you're, you know, not after a playoff game or before a playoff game. Just, just be smarter about it. That's all. <clears throat> so that's that. I had to talk about that just because it was timely. It was very timely. Um, and, you know, I wanted to talk about some other shit, but, um, you know, really can't. Uh, the fact that I wasn't, uh, didn't do a show last week. I was in South Carolina. Uh, nice family trip. Excellent golf. I played like dog shit. And I probably won't go back to Myrtle Beach. Uh, no thanks. I'm all set. Other parts of South Carolina, fine, but you know, not not a place that I'm, is at the top of my list. There are far, uh, far too many other places that I want to see before I would go back. The amount of fucking sugar and salt these people consume is staggering. Absolutely fucking staggering. And you know what you see a ton of down there? Chiropractors. Because all these fat fucks have bad backs. Chiropractors and dentists, because they all have bad backs and bad teeth. It's gross. If you're from, if you're listening to the program and you're from Myrtle Beach, move. Or you live in Myrtle Beach, move. Nice beach. Don't get me wrong. Beach was nice. Very long. Very nice. But uh, yeah, I'm all set. <laughs> I'm all set. I, I I'm good. Um, all right, so the highlight of this week's show is the appearance of, uh, associate producer Dave finally agreeing to come on the show after I called him out, said that he was a scared, he was a scared, he wasn't a scared, he's just, you know, and he talks about it in the interview, he says what's, what's what. Now, I edited the fuck out of this thing, and my hope is that I snipped it correctly, so... <laughs> I think I edited it, edited this properly, but who the fuck knows? I'm terrible at this crap. And hope, hopefully this doesn't sound like shit. It very well may sound like shit because my old mic, I don't know what the deal is, but when I talk into it, it, it just, it's loud. So I don't know. Can't figure it out. Not good. I have to mess with it, probably spend more fucking money <laughs> that I don't have. Oh, boy. All right. Anyways, the please stick around, uh, listen to it. Good stuff. We talk about baseball. We talk a little bit about gambling. We do some movie reviews. Uh, we talk about a bunch of, uh, honestly, it was a very flowing conversation. It was good. Um, but, yeah. The baseball talk was good, very informative, and uh, very like-minded, Dave and I. So it went it went uh, pretty well. Anyways, here it is. Check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am absolutely thrilled uh, to welcome to the show uh, the person who is somehow probably the biggest fan of this bullshit nonsense. Uh, he is the associate producer of the program. He is a multi-time Wayfair Bammy Award winner and the motherfucking king of Montauk, 
Welcome to the Broadcast Palace, Mr. David Altman. David, thank you so very much. It is a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's going to be very hard not to laugh this entire conversation. Uh, the King of Montauk is awesome. Uh, so I, I love that. I, I accurate. Definitely, definitely accurate. Yeah. Uh, accurate. But yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Look, and I, I said when we started, um, this is a long time coming. And uh, everything I said was 100% accurate. Somehow, some way, can't figure it out. Can't figure out why you listen to this shit as, as much as you do and the interest that you have, but I love it. So thank well, let you me, very much. Let, let me jump, start that then and, and say All a couple right. things before we actually get started here. I mean, one, I guess I would say maybe I'm a little jealous. Uh, and what I mean by that is I, I give you so much credit. I think it is very, very hard to talk to yourself for 60 straight minutes and like be entertaining, be somewhat engaging. So like kudos to you. Like, I definitely, I don't think I can do that. And I think also part of the reason I didn't even want to come on the podcast is like, I ramble. I, I like, I talk in circles. So like, I don't think I would make a good podcast anyway. So I give you all the credit in the world. Um, and I think your, your you. sense of humor is pretty similar to mine, I think as well. Mm-hmm. Um, quick question. Were you ever into Seinfeld? Oh, absolutely. Does so fucking like, bear shit in the woods, Steve? Of course okay, I was into well, Seinfeld. And then I, I assumed you were going to say it, like, that's my favorite show of all time. And I like yeah. see a lot of that kind of humor uh, in what you do as well. So I, I think those go hand in hand. That know? is high praise. High praise. There you go. Thank you. All right. So the the impetus of this was the first thing that you mentioned when you said you want to be on the show was baseball. So you're a baseball fan. I'm a baseball fan. So obviously uh, it fits. The downside is that Dave is a Yankee fan. Um, so Corey Kluber throws a no hitter and all of a sudden, you know, that that sort of gets Dave's uh, attention and he wants to talk about baseball. So before we get started on, on, you know, your baseball thoughts, I just wanted to take a quick look at the current ALE standings. All right. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Was was this your plan to get me on the week that the Yankees are literally having the worst? The current AL East standings in first place are the absolute hotter than the fucking sun Tampa Bay we'll call them the devil rays uh they're fucking ridiculous right now what if something 16 to 17 15 to 16 yep. something like something gross uh in second place uh the Boston Red Sox who got absolutely fucking shelled yesterday uh disappointing but what can you do and then sitting in third are the New York Yankees now I will be the very first person to admit, I really did not think the Yankees would be in third place. I thought the Yankees would win the division outright and win the division well ahead of Tampa. I also thought the Red Sox were going to fucking blow. And wow, was I wrong? Like dead fucking wrong. I bet the under, I put too much money on it, and I'm going to lose every dime. So not good on my end. <laughs> I want to ask you, as a Yankee fan, right, how on earth can this team's pitching be so fucking dreadful? Well, well the pitching is not the problem for the Yankees. The, the, pitching, pitching. Is the pitching is a problem. for the, I mean, look, they're going to hit. They're going to. It's going to come. 
it just hasn't it hasn't materialized yet. But look, that team's that lineup is loaded. It's not going to be dormant or as dormant as it's been when obviously look they the the, the pitching has been consistently terrible. The lineup of late, as you mentioned, has been dreadful. What have they scored like three or less runs in 12 straight games? Something something okay. gross. But I, I just I can't find then take away that sentiment. So how as a whole are the Yankees only four games over 500? Explain this to me. Well, it's gonna be tough to explain it. Uh I think they're a roller coaster of a team. I mean, you talk about pitching, and yeah, if you look at the last week, they've been horrendous, but the week before that they had five, their five starters didn't give up a single run. It was like the best stretch they've ever had. So to have their best stretch ever than to go to their worst stretch, that team, this team is just a roller coaster. Um, I personally actually don't like Aaron Boone. I think he's doing a terrible job with what he's got. Um, I'd love to see some change there. I, I don't know what the change would be, but. Okay. Is that, big... that would have been my question. Who, yeah. but Aaron Boone. <laughs> right. right it's a good question like you could say someone younger but like he's not even up there um i don't know i i think he i don't know the way baseball teams are going these days they're going to analytics i think he is almost like a cross right now between almost that old school baseball mentality um where i think we need some sort of newer fresh and you know aaron boone the, the, the boone family they're like baseball royalty they I just, I just see more of an old school system there um, that I think is failing in this new age. And, you know, we can get into the new age of, you know, a lot of people are saying we need to make changes to baseball with pitching being too dominant. I actually don't agree with that. Um, oh, oh, is that right? hmm. I, I, I am far on the other side of that. I don't know what you're really? saying. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I, I think baseball is perfect right now. What? Uh, Despite my Yankees, I, I think we have a great mix of games where you're going to see some high scoring and you're going to see some absolute awesome pitching. Um, right. Because, the, all right. It's, so I have to interrupt. And that's because there's nothing in between. There's, well, like, there's what, what would be in between? Six to five. We see, I, we see that. You have everything. Have, if you look but at you have you have six to five games where, you know, the team that, that has – six runs has five hits because it was a maybe a base hit then a walk a fucking sack fly and a three-run bomb right right there well, are three so- the three outcomes especially right now it's strikeout walk home run that is it and yep. quite frankly like or the complete flip side of the coin is six fucking no hitters in a month and a half if that continues, that's ridiculous. It makes the sport boring. How so? They they made some changes to the ball, where they they raised the stitching slightly. And at the beginning of the year, I didn't think that would make a big deal, but apparently, the current batting average in the league. Give give me a guess what you think that is right now. Well, I know exactly what it is because uh, I may have been the first guest to ever do research. <laughs> Although yes. this, this was pulled May 19th, so it may have changed. But it, when I pulled it May 19th, it was 236. It's 238. They had a bang up last couple of weeks ago. <laughs> 238. It's the lowest since the 60s. And when you said May 19th, 236, 
the lowest going back to basically the dead ball era, something like 1908. I mean, that's, that's appalling. Right now, there are only 17 players in the whole league hitting over 300. 17. You know why I know we're like bred from the same cloth? Every statistic you pulled, I pulled the exact same thing. <laughs> so take a look at the, the league leaders, okay? This is, this is a baseball problem. The two top hitters in the league by batting right. average are fucking Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> yeah. Castellanos I've heard of only because he's kind of a douche. Jesse Winkler, I'd never heard of. I called him Winkler, like Henry Winkler. Jesse Winker. And then Adam Frazier, who plays for the fucking Pirates. How on earth could you possibly say that baseball is in the perfect position? Every game I watch, I'm seeing a grand slam. Like I see like a grand slam a day. The excitement for me, it's still there because I guess I pushed back that question of like, if you make changes, whether it's eliminating the shift, whether it's lowering the pitching mound, at what point do you say, okay, this is the exact number of runs we want per game. This is the exact number of strikeouts. Like where, where do you draw the line rather than just let the game evolve? So, you know, back in 1968, that was when they lowered the mound to make changes. The previous year, they had kind of similar stats to what we're seeing now. So, like, they had seven teams hit below 230. We actually have nine teams right now that are in that bucket. So, it's actually almost even worse than it was there, which leads me to believe that because they did something back then with similar stats, no matter what, they're going to do something. It's just what is that something I think people are thinking of, whether it's moving the back mound, lower, whatever it may be. Personally, I also like the steroid error. I think everyone should have steroids. Just let them them free for all. But that goes back to my point of, like, at what point – is it too many runs or too few runs? Who's making those decisions? You really, you just want to put out the best product, the best entertainment. Is that seeing a hundred home runs? No. Is that seeing a hundred strikeouts? No. You, you want to find mix. At, at least that's what I want when I'm a baseball, you know, I'm an old school. Baseball is the only sport I actually care about. I've been following it very closely. I've watched pretty much every game, even if it's two Joe Schmo teams. So I don't know. I, I like the product that is still being put out there. Um, I personally think if you look at the game, I actually think it's the shift. I think the shift is the biggest impact on that. Um, I think people are trying to compensate for that based off their swing. And that's why they're striking out more. You're trying to get it over the guys, you know, the second baseman playing, you know, at the wall and things like that. Right. So I can see them doing something with the shift, but I, I also don't really want them to, because I think, that's how the game evolves. You need to compensate for someone knowing where you're going to hit the ball, hit it somewhere else. Easier said than done, but I, I really think that's what the, the issues are. Is it a mechanics problem where these kids are not taught to swing through the baseball to, you know, where instead it's launch angle, it's uppercut swings, it's literally trying to hit a home run every single time you come to the plate. Is that a problem? Because personally, I think that's a problem. I think part of the deal is that these kids right now, and I got to stop calling them kids. I feel like I don't put <laughs> These guys cannot, they can't hit any, they can't just hit the ball for average anymore. It doesn't exist. I don't think it's taught. It's not taught on the lower levels at all. I mean, I know it's taught somewhat uh, on, on the minor league game, but not entirely. Um, it's not taught in college because those kids have basically, you know, weapons in their hands. 
So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's different, but I'm wondering if, if, if you think that's an issue, is it a mechanics problem where they're just simply not taught how to hit? Yeah, I think 100%. And I, and I think it goes back to the shift, right? They have to, if they don't try to change the mechanics, they're going to keep failing. And I think they haven't had enough time to adjust yet, right? Like the shift is somewhat new. I want to say, you know, four to five years old uh, in terms of really seeing it every game. And then, you know, you had this shortened COVID season last year. So people didn't have a lot of time to get in the rhythm and the swing of things. So I think it's a, it's a combination of everything. Um, and I, it goes back to, you know, what, what's the right answer for what they should do. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big, good answer. Yeah. No, right? I, I, yeah. I, I like that answer because once you start tinkering with things, then you're going to just constantly tinker with something different. Something else is going to happen. You're going to try to change something else. So it's going to be a, just a constant change where you're not entirely certain what, what the happy medium basically is going to be. Absolutely. Uh, Let me ask you, where do you think the current state of baseball is? Do you think they need drastic changes? I don't know about drastic, but again, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm not certain what they could do. Right to improve the product. You started this when you said, I'm entertained. I see a grand slam all the time. Like home runs are, are cool and home runs are fun. But I mean, to me, there's so much more to the game than literally just hitting the ball as hard and as far as, as it can go. The, the intricacies of the game, you know, base running doesn't matter anymore. Like who the fuck steals a base anymore? <laughs> nobody um so i mean stuff like that like there's just the ins and outs of the game i i find interesting i find i find all the rules are very interesting even if you know some of these umpires constantly forget the fucking rules but that's a whole other argument uh but the intricacies of the game baseball has always been sort of a thinking man's game and when you start messing with things and constantly changing things you're going to have issues like you said like i keep hearing pushing back the mound like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard once you push back the mound in the majors now what you're doing is fucking up college high school little league so like what are you gonna do move back every single mound in america uh you know above the little league level no way that's just that's impossible it's just not something that can happen uh, you know, I think they just simply need to make a point to teach these kids how to hit. If they get rid of the shift, I wouldn't really cry about it. Um, you know, eat, look, you can shift the outfield all you want, but moving an infielder to play, you know, a softball position uh, in the outfield, just, I, I don't know. That seems a little, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word unfair because I don't really think that's it. It just seems a little wonky to me. That's all. Yeah. I mean, it is, but at the same time, too, like that to me is part of the. It's smart, thing, right? Is also right. Like, something that's super exciting is those rare moments when you, you know, bottom of the ninth bases are loaded and they bring one of the outfielders in, and now you have five infielders. Like right. that's awesome, yeah, right? yeah. What's gonna happen? Like but that's a, that's totally different. I mean, I right? look at that as completely different. But I get that's technically some sort of shift. It is. Yeah, you're right. Right. So but you know. The thing that I've never understood is why don't they just teach these guys to fucking bunt every time? Like, I love right. It it like David Ortiz did it one time, and like, you know that guy's a fucking grizzly bear running to first base, and he got a base hit out of it. Which, yep. it's brilliant. It's honestly, it's a great move. 
you see, I mean, look, you see it every now and then. And I think the thing is too, because now, you know, the stolen base, the bunting, it's rare. Now when you see it, it's, it's that much more entertaining. And I actually, I, I want to say it was the Padres game I'm blanking, but it was a couple weeks ago. Bases loaded two outs and the guy bunted and it worked. It was, I mean, is that not fascinating? Because you will it never, is. Well, right? so, and the other problem going back to mechanics is that most of these guys don't know how to bunt. Right. <laughs> bunting, bunting was a skill back in the day. Like even going back to say like the early 90s, even the mid 90s, like during the steroid era, you had guys, you know, you had your punch and Judy second baseman bunting for base hits when, you know, the, the cleanup guy was hitting 56 home runs. But I mean, that is a, a lost art. Bunting is a lost art. Yep. I agree. So. And, you know, hey, back in Little League, I used to be the king of Montauk and the king of bunting. <laughs> Bring the bunt back. That Maybe that should be a shirt because your bet the under is not working out. No, well. no, no. Bring back the bunt. I'm writing that down. Okay, uh, how, many, how many listeners do you have right now? Uh, four. No, like you actually like in a given week. Okay, fine. What What's the most you've had on one pod? Uh, I want to say 75 was the absolute most. Oh, that's actually, that's a good amount of people. It's a good number, but the, you know, that's, that was early on when people were like, Oh, I know him. I'm going to listen to him or uh, you know, this seems interesting or whatever the topic is. So that's why I'm trying to like have more guests on the show to try to generate more interest. So the last, you know, my last episode, I, I think I'm at like 32 or something like that, which isn't terrible. Look, I make it moves. I don't. Uh, I have no desire to uh, to make this anything more than just uh, something to do on a weekly basis. And if I get to talk to a bunch of interesting people, perfect. Love Absolutely. it. Hey, yeah. you are, you are one of two podcasts I listen to. So. Look at that. See, what's the other one? Uh, so this guy Anthony Jeselnik, he's like my favorite. Oh yeah. Okay. Him and his buddy uh, Greg Rosenthal do a podcast. Um, almost similar humor to this. Yeah. Um, kind of a similar vein they do headlines of like popular things so i um, am as funny as anthony jeselnik that does that does sound so, so about <laughs> as i fucking that. stammer movie trailer review i'm too lazy to watch the feature movie trailer review it's standard operating procedure movie trailer review Movie trailers with AP Dave. Now, this has quickly become one of my uh, favorite segments on the show. Granted, I only really have one segment on the show, and this is pretty much it. So, uh, Dave has been uh, gracious enough to to put in the legwork of watching television and movies. <laughs> Thank you so much. I contribute uh, five minutes worth of effort. Man, not quite five. Let's say I'm going to say like nine minutes uh, because you know three three minute trailers. That's about all the effort I put into television and movies. All right, number one, those that wish me dead. Is this a Netflix movie? Uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay. All right. So a lot to unpack here and very little of it is any good. Uh, right off the bat, Angelina Jolie, where the fuck has she been? All right. Uh, she basically raising, uh, what she got, like nine kids or something 
I don't know. Me and kids, I don't give a fuck. But she's raising a bunch of kids. She's not acting. Uh, and now, apparently, she's an action star again. What I mean, okay. Uh, second, the hacky Johnny Cash movie, uh, music in this thing. Can we please stop with fucking Johnny Cash? Why is he the standard bearer for dark, ominous music? There are literally dozens of other uh, musicians that are you know, just as good and can make just as, you know, uh, the dark, ominous trailer music. Uh, but apparently, since the general public listens to way too much country music, those of us with any sort of taste are left out. Uh, the idea here is basically a failed firefighter, uh, I think, saves a kid whose dad was clearly into some serious shit. That whole thing is completely far-fetched. Look, it's a movie, but whatever. And then these bad guys, like Frank Castle, I think it's Frank Castle, the guy who played the Punisher is one of the bad guys. Am I right? Uh, he's in the movie, uh, but no, he's actually one of the good guys. He's one That's of the good guys? Okay. Not a spoiler because that, he's usually one of the good guys. Okay. So, so he must play the cop. Is he the cop? Yep, exactly. Okay. There's more on the, the I have a, I have a note on the cop. But anyways, one of these bad guys reminded me of Fred Ward from Tremors for some weird reason. I don't know why. It didn't really look like him, but whatever. So these fucking bad guys just run around shooting shit and start massive fucking forest fires. I mean, Come on, what are we doing? Uh, I don't know what was going on with the seemingly naive cop. I mean, maybe that's just a trailer sort of making him like the, you know, somewhat timid, naive cop. Uh, seems like, you know, he's the good guy, wants to get with Angelina, but I don't think he knows the sort of baggage that comes along with her. So, you know, take a step back. Overall, I give this uh, four popcorns out of 10. I just couldn't really connect with this two minute and 42 seconds that would lead me to actually sit and watch this thing. Okay, okay. Um, when did you start doing the popcorn score? I just did that. Okay, interesting. It's going to change. I have, I have some other movie theater related items that'll be included. Yeah, we're gonna need something better than a popcorn score. Sounds um, good. I'm actually interested, interesting to say this because you nailed what the movie is completely <laughs> i mean word for word the one thing you missed though uh-oh you, you literally word for word but the movie was awesome what it was awesome get the fuck out of here after hearing you describe the trailer though i feel like i don't like the movie anymore <laughs> but i mean i wrote down a score of 8.5 i was gonna talk i mean oh i i really enjoyed the movie but again hearing you say it back i'm like oh maybe i gotta revisit that but in what it knew again, I like movies that know what genre they are in. They stick to that. They do what they set out to do. The acting was great. The Punisher guy, I like that guy. He's like anything he's in, I like tend to enjoy. Oh, okay. Angelina Jolie is always a badass. You know, it's mm. like you said. I, I haven't seen her in a while, but I, I don't know. There's something about her does it for me. Um, not in a serious movie, but in like a fun, like kind of action kind of thing. Um, the bad guys were were cool. Uh, heart raced a little bit. Like again, it, it did what it set out to do. Uh, heart and, racing. Even an eight point five, and like I would welcome a sequel. Like that's what? how I see a good movie. If I'm like, hey, they've created. Wait a minute, hold hold on, time yep. out. Is there room for a sequel here? 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. So what? So what would happen in a sequel? Some other group of bad guys comes and tries to fucking set the forest on fire? Well, no, because so you you nailed the whole thing with like the dad did something and now people are after the after the family, right? The kid. What you don't really know is the exact details of what that is. Um, and then, but you do know that it leads to like a bigger conglomerate and they don't really get into that. So almost kind of John Wick-esque where like they've created this world, right? Enough so they could- Another fucking concept. Enough with the John Wick films. This is, oh God, this is the same thing with the Matrix. Like why is anything that's attached to Keanu Reeves suddenly like spawn, a, you know, all these fucking genres of movies? What is that? Like speed did the same thing. How did speed do that? With what? With what? Without speed, I don't think there's any Fast and the Furious. Granted, oh. two different things, really, but similar. Good point. For me, I being a I've never seen the Fast and the Furious movies. Not one of them. Neither have I. Nice job. Although I did, I did literally go to the movie theaters to see. Uh, oh, what the fuck was it called? It was like The Rock's character. Like had his own spin-off movie because it really it honestly was the cheesiest fucking thing I ever saw. Because I saw this trailer and I'm like, oh my god, this thing is pure Limburger cheese. And it was, it was terrible and fun at the same time. So good I can't remember the fucking name of the movie. So <laughs> there we go. But yeah, look, I, I enjoyed it. Uh shockingly enough, I, I enjoyed the movie. 8.5. Wow. All right. Well, hmm. I'm still not well, going to see it. But, very well okay. done. So I'm giving it a high score. And I'm a hard right. Okay. Uh, all right. Next up, the Hitman's Bodyguard and the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Sam Jackson yelling. Uh, Ryan Reynolds playing a character that I'm fairly certain he's played about a dozen times before, like the wise ass or sniveling coward or both in one character uh good for him i don't dislike either of these guys in fact i i can say with some confidence that i would watch both of these movies after watching these trailers having said that the first trailer had very little selma hayek in it and if she's in the movie i want to see a lot of selma hayek in the trailer and in the film itself. You need a lot of it. That's what she's there for. I would like to see more. Uh, she was in more of the uh, trailer for the second film, a bit more, still not enough. The thing that got me with the first one, okay, how the fuck do they wait until the very end of the first trailer to tell you that Gary Oldman is in the movie? Gary Oldman is a fucking legend and he seems like an afterthought here which I thought was a bit odd. Uh, tons of explosions, tons of laughs and yucks and gunshots throughout. So I assume that the, the full-length trailers uh, would be as fun as, as the as full-length trailers. Jesus Christ, David. The full-length movies would be as fun as the trailers. So I, enjoy, I enjoyed them. In the trailers, I'm giving eight Mike and Ikes out of ten. <laughs> Mike and Ikes, love it. <laughs> so... This is, a, this is an interesting one because, so this movie is what, I think three, four years old. And I saw the trailer to the sequel that's not out yet. And I called my dad, I was like, hey dad, I got a movie that you're gonna love. And he was like, well, have you seen the first one? And I go, didn't even know this was a sequel watching that trailer. 
So then I went back, finally saw him as bodyguard in the last week. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, again, one of those things I think very similar to the trailers. I actually, I gave this a 7.5. Okay. Um, it's all, for me, it's tough when you're dealing with like the dual genres, right? So you have mm-hmm. kind of the action stuff, you have the comedy. Um, I think the two played off each other very well. So like there was definitely some really funny moments. Um, I think the trailer almost gives away too much of those moments. Oh, one of those deals. Yeah, I'm actually thinking that might even happen more so in the sequel. But again, another one of those movies like the last one where like I would welcome a sequel. You know, I saw the original. I would definitely see a sequel. So I always think that's a good judge of a a good show or a good movie if you want if you want more of that world. Mm. Uh, And yeah, definitely not enough Salma Hayek. Yeah, Uh, it does look like she's probably back in the picture as the title sounds. You know, she's Mm. the one. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what the sequel holds. But yeah, seven and a half. Seven and a half. All right. Yeah, very good. Okay. Uh, third and final trailer review: The Mitchells versus the Machines. So I went to YouTube and did a search for the title, and saw that it was an animated film. My thoughts on animated films are as follows: one. They are either uh, very good or very bad. Two, there's no in between. So it's either horrifically uh, unwatchable or amazing. Because basically, I think that the level has been set so high. The bar is so high with these new animated films that if you don't make a solid gold film, you're fucked. That's my thought. So this has a lot of potential to fall in that very good category. It's an incredibly interesting concept. Uh, I'm pretty sure the like the 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 villain here is named Hal. Is that right? H-A-L? Hal? Uh can't recall. So which I found incredibly funny. If you ever watched Clockwork Orange. Hal is like the guy in So like the playing off of that, I thought was funny. I could be dead wrong in the name. I had to watch the trailer three times to find out if that was the name. It's basically the internet and the internet is now pissed. So uh, Hal essentially orders anything computerized to capture all the humans on earth. And, and we're stuck with the Mitchells, the Mitchell family, who apparently don't get along because the kids are, have been raised by electronics and so now the parents are like, what the fuck? Kids are weird. Parents are weird. Whatever. I, I find that to be incredibly interesting. That, that concept is fascinating. The summary basically says what this is about, which was it's embracing the things that make us unique, learning what makes us uh, human in a world increasingly filled with technology and holding tight to the people most important to you when the unexpected hits. So fucking cute. Am I right? I loved this trailer. I thought it was fantastic. I gave it nine 72 ounce Cokes out of 10. It was uh, delightful. Like I said, I watched it multiple times, hoping to like see different things within the trailer that would make me laugh. And yeah, it really didn't. But at the same time, I would, I would hope that the actual movie would be filled with sort of more funny stuff and 
interesting sort of family-ish type of thing. It seems like it comes off as a very family-friendly film. So, Love it, love it. Um, first off, your take on animated in general is spot on. I, I agree, right? You're either, in this day and age specifically, right? You're either going to have pretty bad or pretty good. I, I yeah. don't find that in between. Mm. Um, and it's also tough, right? Because a movie like this, you need it to obviously appeal to the kids, the audience it's going for, but you also need the parents and the adults who are actually watching it to be in on some of the jokes too, so that they can talk about it and, you know, recommend it and things like right that. Right when I saw that it was like from one of the creators of the Lego movie, I was like, okay, this this might be okay uh, because the Lego movie, fantastic. Absolutely and, loved the Lego movie. And that movie, um, Into the Spider-Verse, if you've seen that. Saw that too. That was oh, really good. Really good. Did I love it as much as the Lego movie? No, because I thought the Lego movie was funny as fuck. Do I need, are you saying I need to see the Lego movie? You've never seen the Lego movie? Never seen the Lego movie. David, what the fuck? Uh, you do. It's dynamite. I'll add it to the list. There you go. Um, All right. But this movie, it was really good. Um, I gave it an eight. Um, kind of like you said, like the concept was very clever, unique, great. There was a lot of moments where, you know, adult humor was in there here and there. Uh, Danny McBride voices the main dad. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not, it's funny. I'm not a huge Danny McBride fan. Fan, but I do believe that everything he touches is gold. Mm. So it's like a weird thing to say. I, I just think he's a very smart guy in terms of the projects he takes on and how he executes it. Yeah. And that that definitely comes through uh, on the dad character he plays. So like, I think that was a good touch uh, to have that there. There was also a, a running gag that like the robots dysfunction when they saw this weird, the weird family dog and they argued if the dog was a pig or a dog. Um, <laughs> I, just, I think it's the funniest thing. If, if you look at Weber's dictionaries of most popular words in 2020, one of them is pig. Um, is that right? <laughs> at least that's what my friends would say. Um, <laughs> the fact that this movie centered around debating between a dog and a pig was just genius. Um, so I, I actually kind of wish I, after even having this conversation, I wish I gave it a higher score, but I'm going to stick with my eight. Um, but definitely highly recommend, even if you, know, if you have kids or if you're like me and just want to you know, still be a kid uh, and things like that. There you go. Love that uh good trailers i gotta say you, you know even the one that i didn't enjoy or didn't enjoy as much um you know it was good to shit on it so yeah and so and just for you since i don't think i've told you when i was in high school my first job ever was working at a video store so that's where my love oh of no movies, shit that's where my love of movies came into play literally just sitting there watching movies all day it was the best job ever what was the name of the video store Video source. Video source. That's a good one. It's yeah, a good name. Good. I always, I, I always found interesting the names of the independent uh, video stores. Growing up, uh, we had one that was called Video Showcase. Yeah, that was it. that was the big one. And uh, yeah, that's funny. Oh, absolutely. Can me. Um, and I, I wish it was sooner, but like thirty minutes before we connected, I actually I watched another trailer. Um, this movie called Old. By M. Night Shyamalan, who I can't stand. I think his <laughs> and this movie trailer, I mean, I don't even want to get into it. Just if you have some time later, the movie's old. It looks horrible. Absolutely horrible. Oh, love it. People, there are people on an island and they just age quickly. Awesome. Oh, gross. Like, honestly, that that guy, good for him, right? Good for him. He made 
a sensational first movie. The Sixth Sense was a good movie. But not the kind of movie, though, that you can watch more than once. You watch it once, you saw the twist, and you're like, oh. But still, a very good movie. And that guy has been living off of that movie for, Christ, how many fucking years now? So many. But you're right, yeah. That was a great movie, and then... He's tried to, I feel like, recapture that. And I, I can't stand his movies anymore. But he keeps getting paid. Good for him. Good for him. Until you make it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that, I don't know if that works there, but... You well, know, I mean, he's faking it enough so that people are <laughs> dumb enough to pay him. <laughs> Here's the interesting part of the conversation. You have some specific complaints uh, or observations about the program, and I am all ears, David. Have at it. All right. So the first one here, I've, I've told you about it before. And on the show, you refuse, you, you acknowledge it, but you refuse to do anything about it. Do you know where I'm okay. going with this? No. The voicemail line. I mean, first off, if you want new listeners to call in, what is it? 1-800-RIP-EM? What, what is it? 617-65-RIP-EM. Say that again? 617-65-RIP-EM. I mean, how, how is anyone supposed to like memorize that? Or like, even if I'm trying to write it, there's just too much. I mean, you, what? 1-800-COMPLAINTS or 617-OBSERVES. That Something shit costs like, money. It costs money. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to The Google this. voice line costs nothing. You're going to have to market this a little bit better if we got any more, fans, more support. No. That's the whole point of the show. Uh, we, I've already put too much fucking money into this thing as it is. David, I have a feeling if you had a fat, let's just say out of nowhere, you paid a source, they all came to you, you had a thousand people listen to you. I think just because your podcast is really good, it would it would take off. It's tough mm. to take off with four listeners. It would take off if you had a thousand listeners. It's, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. However, do I really want a thousand listeners that can't memorize 61765-RIP-EM? Are those the kind of people that I want listening to my show? Hey, if it's bringing you more than six dollars a a week in the set, or what? I don't even know what you make off this anymore. I think Zero, make nothing. That's the whole point. I don't want to make money off of it. You know, it, look, if I did, hypothetically speaking, terrific. The, the amount of uh, podcast bullshit that I just can't stand, the amount of junk email I get from the podcast host of whoever buys the podcast host email list all these fucking podcast gurus like oh how to how to market your podcast how to make money from your podcast when you're selling snake oil to people it's not going to fly so i don't want to be one of those people now having said that i don't disagree that the number is not the best but it ain't that difficult maybe i'm thinking Maybe I'm just thinking like an old man where, uh, you know, the the letters on a phone number that people could figure out that it corresponds with numbers. Maybe that's the disconnect here. That is like, that's like old age technology, those well, letters. I am like an old man, David. I know, I know. And all I'm saying is I may have called once or twice if the numbers were readily available and I didn't have to think of letters. Just... But so if I if I get all right, hold on. If I said six one seven six five two one two 
nine eight would that be somehow easier how is that easier thousand percent one thousand fucking way i promise out of your mind do it for two weeks i bet i bet you get three x the amount of voicemails you've got and only one will be for me i'm writing that down right now while you're writing that down i'm gonna go to the next thing here please do and so you always say at the end of your shows and i think two and i wish i had a real third one because i think two and three are on the similar vein here okay you always say at the end of your shows, tell your moms. Tell your moms. Do you really think that I'm going to tell sweet little Joan Altman to go listen to Nick Moore about shitting himself in a jail cell? You should, because no. it's because it's entertaining. Listen, the only reason that tell your moms is even there is because of your mom. <laughs> I know. That's it. How? So here's the complaint, though. How do we get this to be more... For the family. You don't. Because that's how you get more, more listens too. I know. But, you know, and, and I've tried, uh, you know, I, I have uh, one listener who came with some complaints about his kids. And I'm like, all right, you can complain about your kids. It's the whole point of, of the complaint line is if you want to call and tell me that your kids suck. All right, fine. I'm all ears. Let's, let's rip on your fucking kids. Uh, it didn't really take off. I have zero problems uh, with parents calling in and telling me how much their kids are terrible because I could agree. I don't even know some of the, you know, some kids I do know and I like. Uh, not many. That's the thing. I don't like many kids because I find that, that, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's something. I don't know. Well, I, I hear that. Along the same venue, and I am... It wasn't bad, this one. There was a couple episodes where I thought you cursed a little too much. Oh, David. So I kind of wanted to hear your stance on the whole cursing. thing. Look, I'm wanting to curse. It depends. It depends on my mood, right? Like right now, I'm, I'm very jovial, having a good time. So the salt and pepper language is coming out. Okay. <laughs> I have always viewed curse words as that. They are the, the seasoning of the English language. Uh, I could I could talk in big words all day long. Uh, sometimes I enjoy it. Sometimes I, I feel way too pompous and annoying when I do it. But I think cursing is something that ties everybody together. Because most normal people uh, swear like a fucking sailor. And so uh, I have no problem with it. I love curse words. I love all the fucking uh, George Carlin's like, uh, seven dirty words. Love them all, every single one of them, and um, I enjoy it. And I think that's a, a great explanation. And for the record, I, I don't have a problem with cursing. Uh, that was actually probably, I think, even more of an observation than a complaint. Say that. That's the it's the name of the game, David. That's why you listen to the show. See that. Um, <laughs> couple of things we need to really work on. Um, you know, adding some more. Uh, I shouldn't say some more. We really just want to get Greg Harmon on the show. Um, that is uh, priority number one. Um, it needs to happen. It, I don't expect Greg to be listening to much of anything, but uh, if he happens to be listening to the program, I beg you to be on the show, Gregory. Beg. Well, look, and I, I'm going to hopefully, you know, if his girlfriend gives him 30 minutes of free time, I'll, I'll have him listen to this show and, and hopefully he can see how, how good it is. Um, Greg, I didn't say that. I did not say that. 
Uh, Alicia is a fine young woman. Um, oh, you wow, you name names. Whew. That's right. I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he hears this and, and now he wants to even come on the podcast to defend himself. Oh, see, there you go. All right. right. Yeah. So, um, I know a couple other friends are going to be listening. I think we're going to have some, even though this was probably, again, I'm not an interesting person. I, I think we'll have some good viewership, some good Listen, listeners. Um, we had an interesting conversation uh, and I knew this is, this is how it was going to go. If you came on the show, I knew it was going to be a good talk. Uh, you know, the time that we worked together, we had interesting talks. We had good conversations. Well, you know what? Let's, let's if, do we have a couple more minutes here? Dave, we have all the time in the fucking world, my friend. So, and this is actually, this will be a great pod conversation, I think. I always got the feeling at work that you didn't like me. And I think Why? this brought us together a little bit. Is Why? that is, right? Is, is, I have no idea. No, am I, I'm wrong in my assumptions. I, I'm usually a pretty good judge of that kind of stuff. Huh. Well, you failed miserably, Dave. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. It is interesting because now I feel like uh, somewhat slighted. No, hmm. because I think, like I said, I think the podcast is like brought us together. Like, again, I talk to you all the time about this, how much I like it, how much I listen. I don't miss an episode. You're one of two podcasts I listen to. I think what you're doing is awesome. So, like, I, I don't, you shouldn't feel slighted. All right. You should, you should feel slighted if I was like, oh, Dave didn't like me in the office. I'm not going to listen to his podcast. I'm not going to go on. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that's all. I mean, we're, we're so far removed from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Good. Good. Um, all right. I also, again, feel free. If, if this part sucks, feel free to cut it. But I, I actually, I was with one of my best, best friends yesterday, my buddy Joe. Mm-hmm. He's actually trying. He's thinking about starting a podcast. Oh. Um, and I, I didn't tell it to his face, but the topic, not for me. Uh, oh. What? To talk all right. About I need to know. He wants to talk about watches. Ooh. Now, here's the thing, okay? I bet there's room there. Right. I bet there's room there. Uh, I am not a watch guy. Like, I'm not a jewelry guy by any means. I, I don't even wear my wedding ring. I am just not, not a jewelry guy. However, uh. It is, it is, wow, that's actually really good. Like, I wouldn't fucking listen to it. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Joe. I wouldn't. Uh, I, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I would listen to the first episode just because you're friends with Dave. Beyond that, no way, because I find watches to be, it's fluff, it's boring. However, that is the kind of niche that could do really well. If he knows his shit about watches, that could work. He might be onto something. And he wanted to know, and I think you probably talked about this a little bit early on, but like how difficult was it for you to get started in terms of like- Oh my God. Like, did you have a graphic designer for your logo? Because your logo's pretty sick. I know you worked with that guy, I think Ken for the intro. Oh, fucking Ken. Ken is my goddamn hero. I love that guy. Listen, there's a website called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R. V-V-E-R, I think it's spelled, Fiverr.com, where you, you basically pay gig workers to do basic shit, like graphic design, voiceovers. It took, I think, prior to getting started, uh, the time that I waited for, like, the logo and the voiceover was probably a week total. Not bad. Getting started, the actual, like, recording of things, five minutes. 
I you do your own editing, like you do your you do everything. I, I, yeah. And honestly, I don't I don't really edit a ton. I mean, uh like Audacity is a an audio program that I use to do all my shitty like music. Uh I had Donnie, Donnie Washburn and his brother. Beautiful young man, Donnie Washburn, made well that made Donnie like made the goddamn uh music like him and his brother like oh hey here's a kick-ass fucking intro song like this it's amazing i have not put a ton of i put more work into like into the topics what i'm gonna say than than anything else that i've done as much as i dislike the podcast host anchor.com not the biggest fan uh because their customer service is dog shit absolute dog shit it's a great, it's just click, 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 record, done. That's it. It's very easy. Now they're owned by Spotify. So the minute you record an episode, it's automatically on Spotify. I mean, mine, I had to do a little bit more legwork to get it everywhere. But other than that, it took no time at all. So if Joe knows his shit about watches, he might be onto something there. Because I've never heard of a watch podcast in my life. Love it. He's got some time. He just had twin boys two months ago. So, oh, I, oh, Joe. I got, he made me hold one of the babies yesterday. It was very, oh, no. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing, too. Holding babies. Like, why, why would you, why would you give your offspring to someone who doesn't have a child? Like, why would you tell someone who doesn't have kids to hold a baby? It's a great, I, you know, I tried to fight it. I tried to fight it. And he insisted? Insisted. It, it was like I was going to, you know, we weren't going to be friends anymore if I didn't hold that baby. That's awful. Oh, that's so bad. What did, what did the mother of the children uh, say? She was, she was just, she wanted me to hold it just as bad. Why? What the fuck are with parents? Why do they feel the need to do that? I, I will say that they were very cute babies. I'm so. sure most babies are cute. Yeah, I've seen some ugly babies. I have too, but that's why I use the word most. Most babies <laughs> are cute. But oh god damn it. How pretentious do you have to be to insist on, on someone holding your child? Like what and then what? Okay. Just in there. Yeah. It's not like he's gonna fucking talk to you. If he does, then holy shit. It's the amazing. Baby's head's tilting like an exorcism. I don't know if I'm doing it or something wrong. I don't want to hurt the guy. Now, that's the other thing, too. Like, oh, my God, every time I've held a baby, I am in full-on panic mode. Am I going to fuck this up? Wow. We sh- you know what? We should have had a segment on babies. That, that, that was a uh, Well, look, we just did. There it is. It'll be, added to the, <laughs> it'll be added to the show. God, twin boys. Poor Joe. Oh. Poor Joe. Are those his uh, first two children? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Fucking super. He should have a podcast about super sperm look at that you should have a podcast on twin raising twins raising oh, twins and watches look at that huh that's two podcasts joe you you owe dave fucking residuals for that holy shit well thanks for having me uh, it actually was not as scary or bad as i thought it would be so, absolutely uh... not <laughs> absolutely not now listen uh you need to tell everybody at wayfair to listen to to the show uh love wayfair uh, no ill will. Uh, love them. Love them dearly. Love everybody over there. Terrific. Thank you again, Dave. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, associate producer Dave Altman, everybody. Thank you for coming on the program. 
Thanks, Dave. Pleasure. Awesome. Listen, take care, bud. I'll talk to you real soon. All right, take care. I enjoyed all of that. I hope, uh, I hope that you did too. And I hope uh, if Dave's buddy Joe starts a podcast about either raising twins or watches, that you'll give it a listen. It's not a guarantee that they'll be interesting, but it'll be something. Um, I'm not going to do three gripes this week because Dave basically did that. You know, complaining about my phone number. 617-657-4736. That is the uh, complaint line. Call in, make a complaint. 617-657-4736. Because apparently the other one was too fucking hard. The problem is that no one wants to participate. It had nothing to do with the phone number. And I wish I thought of this yesterday. Or Tuesday when we spoke. Because when you're listening to this, it's Thursday. And my point stands. Like if you're if you're not smart enough to remember the, the previous number, which I'm not even gonna repeat, because he's he said give it a give it a couple weeks and I'll get three times as many calls. I hope he's right. 617-657-4736. If you have anything to complain about, if you want to complain about me, my show, my guests, the weather, swimming pools, because fuck swimming pools, call in. Join the show. Have at it. Uh, Other than that, that is it. Thank you so very much for listening. I really do appreciate it, as always. Uh, it really does mean the world to me. Uh, thank you. Um, I do have uh, a Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod. I have an Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I'm trying to do something with. I'm not sure that the camera on this laptop is going to be any better than the camera on the previous laptop. I may have to invest again. In more fucking equipment for this dumb fucking show. Uh, 617-657-4736. 617-657-4736. That is the voicemail line. Call in. Leave me a voicemail. Be on the show. If you want to be on the show, feel free to shoot me uh, an email. Show mail at complaintsandobservations.com. If you have my number, send me a text. If you know me, uh, give me a call. Uh, if you see me out in the street, you can stop me and say, Dave, hey, I want to be on your show. Let's talk, huh? But anyways, that's it. Please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.